Welcome to our first community podcast, where we talk about life and faith with our First Baptist family. My name is Caroline. And I'm April Adams. And April, we are changing things up today. Do you want to tell us about... We're changing things up maybe all the time. For the remainder. (laughs) For the remainder. For the future. For the future, perhaps. Um, So in order to make our podcast a little shorter, Mm. we're breaking it. They've had two parts to them, and now... We're breaking up those parts, so our little discussion part will be one podcast, and then our guest part will be another one. So today we have a guest with us, and let's just get right into that. Our guest today is Brittany Odom, and she is a English teacher at, or an English teacher. Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> Please use the right I article. Could feel, I could feel that coming <laughs> off of you. I didn't even do anything. No. I didn't even look up. <laughs> served on staff here at First Baptist with the student ministries. Yes. And uh, Brittany's a fellow ENFP, which is probably why I could feel that <laughs> judgment coming <laughs> on. <laughs> so, but welcome to our podcast, Brittany. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. And we're glad to get to talk to you. So tell us a little bit, how did you end up here? Well, um sort of randomly um, I ended up here if anything can be random in the sovereignty of the Lord Um, but uh, after I graduated from college in 2009 I went back to teach at the school where I had spent 14 years of my life and um, taught there for three years and the Lord had called me to um, minister to students when I was 14 audibly called me and I didn't I just had been telling him no but in his silliness he put me in a classroom with a bunch of kids as soon as I graduated and um, so he found a way for me to do it but I just knew that it was time to um, pursue that and to listen to his call. Um, I spent about a year just kind of floating doing some odd things and doing whatever. Um, I was in Charleston for most of that year and then went back home and really got serious about looking for um, work for with church ministry um, because I knew that was that he wanted me there for, at least for a season and um, just sort of randomly happened upon it and yeah I mean I trip Atkinson who was the student pastor prior to Philip Turner who's here now hired me and it was great then he left trip left and so did Chris the middle school minister so that was cool it's great but now Philip and Scott are here yes Philip and Scott are here and they're lovely people <laughs> and How, you still get to help out with students yeah now yeah it's great um Sometimes it seems like not much has really changed as far as the students go, because um, they see me just as much um, as they did when I was on staff, but I just don't get a paycheck from the church anymore <laughs> for, <laughs> for doing any work. So. Is, how, well, one, how long, how long were you here on mm. staff? How many years? I was here for almost two. Okay. I started on October 1st, 2013, and I left in um, September of 2015. Okay. And then went to Ben Lippin. Right, yes. And currently now I'm at Ben Lippin, which is great. It is um, really just, I mean, it's a great environment. It's awesome. I love Christian education. I love independent schools. I grew up in independent schools. So it's great. It feels like home, and it's wonderful. I love it. There's a lot of freedom in the curriculum, and there's a lot of freedom to disciple students and not just be a talking head at the front of the room, and that's great. 
Okay, well, we've been talking about living your life on mission and mission in your work. And so how how do you get to serve the Lord in your job and and how much ministry is there in a private Christian school too? There's a lot. We Ben Lippin is different um, in that we have an entire community of international students who live on campus for during the school year. And a a majority of them are not believers. Um, most of them come from China. We have a few from Vietnam, and we have a few from um, South Korea. Uh, and then we have a couple of American kids whose parents are um, on the mission field elsewhere. Um, so it's it's really neat. It's a neat mix. So you've got kind of the, the dynamic of these missionary kids um, living with kids who are from, um, you know, I mean, halfway around the world and who are not sort of inoculated with the gospel uh, from an early age, which is cool because that's a great opportunity to watch these kids be missionaries here, you know, right at home. And um, it's a cool opportunity for us to pour into these students who, who don't know um, who Jesus is. And so even though it's a Christian school, you expect, you know, kids that can recite Bible verses and know hymns and know all the churchy lingo and words and vernacular, but you've got this whole other community that has no idea who Christ is and hasn't, they haven't really experienced him. So it's great. Does that make it challenging teaching biblical curriculum with students who grew up knowing the scriptures versus having same students in those classrooms who have no idea or no familiarity with the scriptures? It does sometimes. I think um, one of the things that I have to do often is just be very objective, especially when it comes to when students write or when they present, because literature is one of those things that's really easy um, to throw biblical integration in there. Mm. It's very simple. Um, when you read a book that was written by somebody who doesn't, you know, who who is not um, an, a, a believer in the Lord, you you know, you read something by, um, like we read Frankenstein. I'm about to go into semester number four with Frankenstein and Mary Shelley. Um, so that's the first one that comes to my mind. But there's mm -hmm. so much longing and there's so much loss, and she herself was such a um, lost soul and. Um, ran off with an older man who was married. I mean, I, I could go on and on about her scandalous life, but I won't. Um, but she wasn't coming from a place of believing on a living Savior um, in Jesus. But you can see traces of Eden all over that girl's writing. Like she longs for, she might not, she might not have even known it herself, but she longs to walk with the Father in the cool of the day. And um, that's the, the most challenging part, I think, is being objective with students who are on the same sort of the same playing field that she is. They're not, you know, students who grew up in church and grew up here. But one of the things that I always ask, um, one of the first prompts I give in writing in response to whatever we're reading is just the simple question, where is God? Um, even in his absence, he's he's screaming loudly from the pages mm -hmm. and that's kind of, you know, where we begin. So I think that's the most difficult part is just their uncertainty they take things very literally because mm -hmm. they are second language English speakers. So they, you know, a lot of them will go in the route of he is nowhere. And, that, <laughs> you know, that's all they'll give me. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's cool whenever the, the breakthroughs happen. Um, and they happen often. They really do. When you have cool conversations with these kids who, um, you know, in a lot of ways they're afraid to speak up in class because their accents or mm -hmm. because they don't have a handle on the language or because they're not confident um, the day student community and the boarding student community uh, are very segregated. They don't really 
mix or interact, and so they don't like to speak up. When they do, it's it's really it's a fun perspective to have in class, but definitely challenging. Do you feel like? I feel like from an outsider perspective, it seems like people working within a independent within an independent um, education system, they have a lot more autonomy over what they can say in the classroom and the conversations they can have with students. So, as a believer. Do you feel like your position at Ben Lippin, do you feel like you have it easier to talk to students about the gospel versus, you know, teachers that may be working in the public school system that may have opportunities but may be limited? I don't know. Do you feel like there is a difference or do you think there still are challenges? Um, I think that, I mean, obviously we have more freedom. Mm-hmm. I think that the freedom to just at any time talk to a kid and say hey how's your walk is pretty cool Mm -hmm. but a lot of these kids I I think one of the challenges that we face um, in the in the Christian school and Christian education world is just sort of the danger of the bubble Um, because the bubble gets boring the bubble gets routine and the bubble gets just sort of this is the norm. This is what I do. I go through the motions. I have chapel on Mondays and I have church on Sundays and Wednesdays. And this is kind of what we do. And it's not a pursuant lifestyle for them. Sometimes it gets to be very stale. So when we're, we're very encouraged to, you know, look for opportunities to disciple students and looking for opportunities to talk through them, talk truth to them, keep up with what's going on in their lives, which is really cool, but it gets hard um, just because the students are very, I mean, it just, I don't want to say, because our students are so wonderful, they're so great, but there is that danger of it becoming more of a routine than a real desire to pursue that very true and deep relationship with Christ. So there's definitely more freedom to talk, but it is harder to engage when a student is just bored. And like that age too. I mean, Mm -hmm. just middle school, high school, you're really making your faith your own. And whether Mm -hmm. you're in a Christian school or not, like the students I feel like are going to still struggle with the same, that same process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only difference is these kids are going to Bible class every other Mm -hmm. day. (laughs) And studying the scriptures. (laughs) Yes, and studying scripture. And actually, we had a faculty meeting this morning, and one of the girls who is on the faculty with me um, said, you know, she had a moment in one of her classes where she was talking to students about their walk and talking to students about what was really exciting them um, in that, you know, in the moment, what what was really cool about their faith, and also what was cool about being there and being an active believer at Ben Lippin. And one of the girls said, Ben Lippin is amazing and she loves it to death and she is so happy to be there. Um, she said, it's, it pushes me to learn scripture, but it occurred to me recently that I'm learning scripture for a test. And so it mm-hmm. convicted her that she was only learning scripture to pass a test and not, you know, learning it because like the scripture tells us to learn scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool to, to hear when students are, are realizing for themselves, hey, I've really got to take some ownership of this faith. And perhaps some of that, you know, mundane, quote unquote, air quotes, lots of air quotes, mundane (laughs) routine um, 
can help to be a, a real conviction drive um, to make that faith real and not just, you know, checking a box and passing a test. So, What have been some of your biggest challenges in teaching? In teaching? Mm-hmm. Um, I think learning how to manage my time has been challenging. Learning how to not take home problems has been challenging. And learning how to sort of let just sort of wipe my hands when I know that I've done everything there is that I could have done for a student short of enabling them and crippling them um, as an ENFP <laughs> um, <laughs> I absorb everybody's emotions uh-huh. I absorb the emotions of the entire room um, and I carry people's burdens um, without them really probably wanting me to yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I, it does just happen mm-hmm. and being in a room full of you know the actual most emotional people on the planet <laughs> high school oh it's yes. exhausting it's exhausting <laughs> how many are in your class um, the largest class that I had last semester and we haven't had class yet this semester so um, just going off of last semester's demographics was 17 17 little emotions yes yes my like the most emotionally easy part of my day last semester was one class that was 13 boys and one girl so it was just I mean it was an emotional break because all the boys wanted to do was you know joke about silly things and not talk about drama so that was really nice that was really nice but I think that's been the challenge is not taking home students' problems and not making them my own. And I haven't really perfected that yet. Um, but I'm, I think I'm getting better at detaching myself emotionally. Um, but I'm not there yet. Mm. So that's, that's hard. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Caroline does not. <laughs> I have no, I don't know. I, that's great. Yeah. I can teach you emotional detachment. (laughs) Please. We'll have a conversation after this. That'd be great. Um, Okay, so so now you're Ben Lippin, and you were on staff here. What's Mm -hmm. but you still go to church here? You're Mm -hmm. a member here. Mm -hmm. What what's the difference between being on staff here and all the stuff that you volunteer and do as a member? I loved being on staff. Um, it was It's so fun. It's a fun place to work here. Um, there's always food. True. And if there's not food here, then somebody <laughs> always wants to go to lunch. <laughs> and that's really fun. Um, it's just, I mean, it's been great to be able to do both things. I knew that eventually I'd end up back in the classroom. I just didn't know when that would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So it's really cool to get to do both. Um, Because like I said, I I think, honestly, I spend as much time with students now as I did when I was on the payroll. Um, It's just, you know, my nine to five looks different. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really fun. I don't get to hang out. Philip and Scott are two of my dearest, closest, most wonderful friends. And so I I did mourn having to leave and not getting to hang out with them every day. Because it really did feel like we were hanging out every day Mm -hmm. while we were doing our work. Um, So not hanging out every day is has been you know that that was one of the saddest parts about not being here in the day during Mm -hmm. the week um but it's nice to not have to 
I guess it's nice to be able to sort of dictate when and if I can be present. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, you know, this is a busy church. It's a busy community. There's always something going on. Um, it's active, and there's tons and tons and tons of, of activities that are happening, lots of amazing programming. So being able to say, you know, this is going to be healthy for me to take a step back from this programming for a bit, or this is going to, you know, I, I just need this day, or I need this. It's been, that's that's nice to have the freedom, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's really nice. Now, are you are you involved in any other groups or things here besides being Sacagawea? Just, right. <laughs> oh, that's good. In the celebration of liberty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and a cameo in the Christmas pageant. I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah yes, about that. Video. That too. Video yeah. Cameo there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, just, <laughs> I, if there, I, I just enjoy community. If there's anything social going on with anybody, I mean, all like literally all my friends are here. So mm-hmm. if anything's going on, then I'm probably here with my friends, and that's that's really great. That's what church community is supposed to look like anyway. Is you know coming to worship the Lord first and foremost, but then um, getting to just spend time with um, people who edify and encourage you and you know, remind you that you're not a terrible piece of trash. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice yes. thing to have. It, it is nice. People who don't make you feel like trash. Yeah, that's <laughs> really great. <laughs> that's really cool. Working with students, you work with students in two different aspects where you teach them and get paid to teach them, but then also you volunteer and still lead students here. And I'm sure some of those students that you teach are also here mm-hmm. as members and their families come to First Baptist. What, like, what is that like? What is, I don't really know how to ask that question. Just what is that like? Yeah. So the, my rule is at school, I have to be Miss Odom. Um, and so like one of the worst things that happened to me last year <laughs> was I had to confiscate a phone from a First Baptist kid because he had it out in class just brazenly looking at his phone in class and I had to take it and he's a senior and we had like I mean I think he's hilarious and we have a great relationship and that was one of the I mean I was gutted to have to take it that was awful um but that's always my rule like I'm you know when we're at Ben Lippin I'm Miss Odom but when we're here I'm Brittany and so one of the funniest things that one of the first Baptist Ben Lippin crossover kids said to me was on a Wednesday he came in my room and he says uh so I want to talk to you, but I can't talk to you now because I need to talk to Brittany tonight at church. <laughs> <laughs> and so said, yeah, that, that works. So sometimes it gets a little weird and there's a little, you know, crossover moments that, that are kind of silly. But for the most part, I mean, it's been pretty seamless. It really has. That's cool. It's just been great. Yeah. Like the mission doesn't change where you are. Right. And what position or role you have, it's yeah. still the same. Yeah, it is. And it's really fun. Um, and I tend to be, I think I tend to be fairly laid back. Um <laughs> I think so. And so I feel, you know, like they're pretty comfortable with me either way. Um, so it's great. I don't think I'm too different from one, you know, location and job description to another. I try not to be. So in student ministry, do you, is there a need for volunteers? 
we have a lot of volunteers right now mm-hmm. in student ministry, more than I think I've seen since I've been here. Um, and I think that's really great. I've, um, as far as, you know, the big sort of thing about student ministry that we do is small groups um, on Sunday nights. And as far as small group leader volunteers go, we need none. It's <laughs> just like we have an abundance. We have a, such an abundance. Um, and so, you know, no is the answer there. Mm-hmm. But there are really cool ways that if you want to be involved in student ministry, you can be involved in student ministry. And for example, giving food whenever we have events in student ministry, mm-hmm. like making some chili or something. I don't know. There's lots mm-hmm. to do. There are lots of volunteer things that you can do without being a small group leader um, that that are really helpful to the ministry. And honestly, just praying for the ministry is a massive, massive deal. Um, I think that, you know, with moving into this new building, there's a lot of pressure to sort of see the ministry grow and to see new people come and and to see people meet Christ and to see that building full of people and students who are really excited about understanding who Jesus is. And even more than that, people who have never met Jesus before, like we, that's, that's the, the main goal here. So being in constant prayer for student ministries now that we are in this new space that we really want to fill up um, with people to hear the gospel. I think that's the, the greatest service that, that people can do. So if you want to become a small group leader, you need to pray that the student ministry grows with students uh-huh. so then you can come be a small group leader. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, do that. Do that. Let's check that box first. Yeah, there we go. And uh, how, do, how does one get to be a part of your squad that doesn't make you feel like trash? Oh, how do you get to be my friend? Yeah. Is that what you're asking me? <laughs> you're talking about your community. <laughs> oh, my community. Your community. Yes. Okay. Yeah, your squad. <laughs> um, a lot of our interactions seem to be, you know, I mean, the first thing that we sort of rally around is just the fact that we're all here in this um, church community, but also food. Food. Food mm-hmm. is a really big way <laughs> that our squad sort of connects. Um, there's always some sort of food involved. Um, one of the first things that we did, like, as soon when I got here um, and was integrating into the squad was a mac and cheese cook-off, oh. and that was kind of wonderful. That sounds incredible. It was so great, and it was an offhanded comment that I made to Chris Renfro that he said that his wife's mac and cheese was better than my mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's stupid, um, <laughs> because my mac and cheese is wonderful. Um, some people don't like it, but it's okay. Um, who won the egg, mac and cheese? You egg or no egg? I'm <laughs> egg. 100% egg, girl. Who won the mac and cheese cook-off? Megan Reekers. Oh. She had never made her mac and cheese before. She tried that <laughs> recipe for the first How time. How did that make you feel? And she I felt a little upset, but that's, I love, That's you know, a very Megan Reekers thing. It's like, so oh, I never Megan. tried this, but it's yeah, perfect. Exactly. Yes, yes. So she's the sweetest person. We'll have to get her is. on the podcast. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But mainly so she'll bring us mac and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give her a couple of days because it had lobster in it. And oh, she'll my gosh. <laughs> it was so good. It yes, yeah. it was. Yes, uh, it was definitely... A deserved win. She was a worthy opponent. <laughs> but I think that, I mean, and, and just, you know, an openness to to be very authentic, I think is so important in community. Um, a willingness to not be um, your perfect version of yourself, um, kind of being okay with not being perfect, but still being loved well. Um, and being willing to be gently corrected and to be held accountable. 
Um, mm-hmm. That's really, I think April is the best at holding me accountable. <laughs> Except not. <laughs> Except not. <laughs> so. We have the same blind spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We say a lot. If you're looking for accountability, I'm probably, I'm probably not, not the person, person you should you. go to. <laughs> so, yes, if you're not an ENFP, then either April or I will be glad to hold you accountable and we'll be yes. glad for you to hold us accountable. Exactly. <laughs> so, yes, if you want to check out mm-hmm. Student Ministries, mm-hmm. our website, always fbccola.com. If you want to be a friend of Brittany's, just bring her some food yeah. and start that friendship. Mm-hmm. I like things that are deep fried and are covered in cheese. Those are good. Ooh, me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can never go wrong with that. No. Or yeah. something that comes with a nice sauce, you know, to dip in. <laughs> I'm always down for that. All right. Perfect. Take notes, everyone. So <laughs> I think this will conclude our podcast for today. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time talk to you next time whatever (laughs) (laughs) you won't see anyone (laughs) thanks caroline